Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to an emergency episode of the Roman's Empire podcast. My Woo-hoo. name is Zach, and as always, I am joined by my two trusty co-hosts, Andres and Sam. But I'm not going to forget our uh, our little catchphrase this time. This is the Roman's <laughs> Empire podcast, where all we do is talk shit about Chelsea <laughs> and the board. Uh, or or, or, no no this is a roman's empire podcast where all we do is talk chelsea and talk shit about everyone else no i think you were right in this episode we are including chelsea's board as a part of the shit talking because uh i think there's a little bit of blame to be had there but um before we get into that i mean guys what are what are your initial initial feelings, initial emotions? Hold what's on. what's kind of going through your mind? Before before we go into this, I need to preface this episode by letting the listeners know that you two actually recorded an episode last night without me, uh, recapping the Lutton Town matchup yep. and whatever nonsense you guys talked about. And I'm the one, I'm the one who's responsible for editing and posting the episodes. And I just I guess I simply forgot to post it last night after I got home, but. You, really, you guys should be thanking me because uh, it would have lost relevancy within like three hours after posting it uh, after Frank got sacked. So uh, you're welcome, guys. Honestly, I've saved you some embarrassment. You know, you want to know the best part? <laughs> you want to know the best part about me and Andres recording yesterday is at the very end of the episode. <laughs> do you remember what I said, Andres? Uh... At the very like one of the last remarks I made was like, Frank you will know, never get this sacked. Is, uh... <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you know, I guess Frank didn't get sacked, and it looks like he might not, he might might not be now because you know why why would they, right after you know the FA Cup match? Hey, um, so I yeah, called it. We didn't post it because I would have looked like a jackass. Hey. And everybody who thought we're insiders would have like known that we're definitely not insiders. No, I'm an stretch. insider. I said it. They want to give him one last game to end on a good note. Lutton, Lutton Town. They won. You know, like if if he was left, he was if he was sacked after the Leicester City match, it would have ended on bad terms. But he goes out with a win. What an honorable, honorable tenure he had with us. Uh, so credit to me. Credit I, to me. Sam, I, I want to give you credit, but something tells me that quarantine rules in the pandemic probably had to do with this, because everything I read today said that Lampard said his goodbyes after Leicester. And then everything was supposed to be done and dusted after that. So what quarantine rules? What do you mean? With who? I I feel like uh, Tuchel had to quarantine when he came to London. No, there's there's a there's a, an exception for athletes, and and they they don't have to quarantine. He's he, there he's is. with them. There's a new there's a new rule that they that they that like it it just came read... about during COVID. But yeah, well, yeah, it basically says that. COVID, but I think I think that there's an exception now with because of athletes because, I mean, think about it. They were traveling for Champions League and they came back and they played like a couple days later. But I don't know. Yeah. I I th- I think I'm alright. I'm just trying to defend myself. <laughs> you, you could be right, Andres, for all I know. But I choose to believe that I was correct. Uh, but <laughs> I. I still I, I after the Lutton Town match though I was on the same page as you Zach like maybe maybe he's not gone after all but um it was it wasn't I wasn't too shocked by it my going back to what you asked about my initial feelings wasn't too shocked about it obviously upsetting uh but you know I have had time to process it because I think I kind of 
uh, accepted. You know, we 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 were very late on um, like accepting the fact that Frank probably shouldn't remain as our manager the rest of the season. Like up until that Leicester match, we were still on the board uh, on board with you know waited out like it's not fair we had a three-year plan you know we, you can't give up a year and a half like we want some continuity with the club like you know just not the same old chelsea bringing in a manager and he's out within two years like we we were all on that but i think at the end of the day and the, we're gonna go into the article um written by the athletic uh it kind of confirmed a lot of our beliefs as far as what the players felt was the problem with Frank, his lack of instructions to the players. I think that was a huge, that played a huge role in it. Um, his inability to adapt, his inability to communicate with the players. That was uh, eye-opening to say the least, but also just like really confirmed a lot of our suspicions that um, we hoped weren't true, but actually were true what, what what did you think andreas i mean yeah that the article for me kind of confirmed what we thought was happening based on just the play in the field right we thought how can we only be the only obvious instruction on here be that the fullbacks need to be high and and that's it like how can that be the only plan and and I know the article focused more about the players who may be on the periphery who are trying to get advice on how to get back on the pitch. But if those guys aren't getting any instruction, I highly doubt that even the players that are on the pitch are going to get any instruction since it now is confirmed that Lampard had his favorites and was just going to play them no matter what. So, Zach, I don't know if, if that just kind of confirms kind of what we have been discussing to you as well because – yeah, it sounds like Lampard was telling the boys to just go out there and give it their best, and, and that's as far as the the blackboard, whiteboard, or however you want to call it, chat went. By the way, uh, before Zach, before you, sorry, uh, for our listeners, if it sounds like Andreas is talking in an empty room right now, it's because he's talking in an empty room right now, right? <laughs> like he, he just moved yes. into a new apartment and has no furniture, so that's why it sounds like that. Uh, just uh, correct correct uh, my apologies i'm still uh in the process of moving i'm hoping to get my couches in later this week and, and hopefully that'll <laughs> kill some of this echo let's hope so no i'm just kidding I'm just, zach sorry cut you off no no it's all good um that section of the article was probably the most alarming to me um probably the one that stood out the most as well um because, you know, you read through it and you see all of these, like, some people are going to call them accusations. I mean, this is as reputable of a source as you can get um, without the club actually confirming it. Um, and this was probably the most believable part of that of that whole article because you look at their performances themselves and they just kind of explain everything you need to know about his halftime talks. And we always kind of sat here and questioned, you know, um, what he says in the dressing room or what kind of direction he's giving the players. And um, I I don't think it's as simple as Frank just kind of goes out there and tells those those guys, hey, uh, do your thing. <laughs> or Mason, you're going to play the eight. Do your thing. Like, 
there's a little bit more direction than that, of course. Um, but I think the real issue lies in um, the actual preparation for the matches. You know, we always talk about patterns of play um, and how there just never seems to be a go-to. There never seems to be a, 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 t a style or a type of play or, or, or a run of play. Nothing that we seem to go to in times of panic or when we need something or when we need a goal. Um, and, and, and that's obvious, man. I mean... There's really just not much to say about that besides it's terrible. And and the thing is, and this is what I'm most confused about, and I'm sorry if I sound like I'm at a loss for words. It's because I am. Um, but the most confusing part about all of this is the fact that, you know, this accusation in particular, the halftime talks, the team talks weren't good enough. There wasn't enough direction. Frank was a player for how long? And he played at the highest level for how long? So at what point do you kind of <laughs> – to what extent do you actually believe that Frank isn't giving these guys direction is I guess what I'm trying to ask for you. Because because I'm trying to wrap my mind around it, and I I just kind of can't. I, well, I, like, I, I really can't. I look, sure. at, I look at their performances, and, and they look disjointed. They look shattered. And like I said – there doesn't look to be anything cohesive there. It, you can't look at our performances and say, okay, we've, we've clearly been working on this um, because we haven't. I think the only thing you could really say that with the set pieces. See, uh, I think I'm pretty sure he, that this was mentioned in the article, but this was also obvious. Like this is something that we had mentioned when there were uh, rumors in the past couple weeks about certain players voicing out their frustration. Uh, there's going to be this on every team, players who aren't p being played being frustrated with the manager and the lack of playing time like you know so yeah you have especially to take, the guys have, that aren't playing yeah exactly so you have to take all of these comments with that understanding that if there's quotes about a player thinking that frank wasn't this wasn't that just know that it, it's it's very likely that the player was not happy with his playing time in the situation and that's just you know that's just that's just inherent in the sport of football and uh, just managing a team, but um, the the beginning of the article. I do. I, I, uh -huh. Sorry, so I'm, I I do want to butt in just one more one more thing on that point. Um, and and Andres, I'm curious to to kind of hear your take on it because yeah. I mean you, I know Sam has played, but 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 you and I have played you know a lot longer. We've been around more like dressing room type atmosphere. So wow. I okay. mean, wow. Way to discredit my my, my career, it's not man. A diss. <laughs> I'm not discrediting you. I'm not discrediting you whatsoever. Um, but 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 Andres, I mean, like, when you're getting direction from a coach or a manager or whatever, there's that open line of communication, right? They they give you a direction. Hey, you need a let let's say it's you need to you need to hug the sideline more in possession. Okay, sure. coach. If if I have a question about that, we're having a back and forth. I'm asking you why it is that you want me to be out there. You're explaining it. X's and O's, and we're kind of having that back and forth just so we both have that understanding. Now, Frank Lampard fielded 17 different front threes since he became manager of Chelsea. <laughs> so what I'm saying is all of these guys that aren't getting the playing time and all of the guys who are getting chopped and changed in and out of the starting 11, um, those periphery players, I guess you can kind of say, um, when Frank does give them direction – 
do you think those guys really want to listen? I mean, they've been in and out of the team for the last God knows how long. But you they really to. don't know their place. No, no, no. Uh, I, I, I know you have to. There's a certain responsibility on the player's part, of course. I, I'm not discounting that whatsoever. But the fact of the matter is they're divas. So you have to be able to manage that and manage those kind of personalities. And, and for me, I just saw a complete mismanagement of some of those personalities. I'm not talking about Keppa. I thought the whole Keppa part was bullshit. We'll get to that later. But I'm talking more specifically about what I saw today on Twitter with Kovacic was disgraceful, Like especially with uh, guys like Antonio Rudiger too. Of course, if you're Rudiger, you would be pissed off if you weren't getting playing time. You got playing time under the last two managers, and you're not really sure why you're not under this one. You know, Granted, you didn't have the greatest season last year, you didn't get a shot to start this season. And then when he did start getting his chances, Frank just kind of kept him in the starting lineup and axed Zuma randomly out of nowhere. It, my, my whole thing, Andres, is, you know, sh should that have been managed better by Frank? Just kind of letting them know this is my long-term plan. This is what I eventually I want to do this, but there are going to be chops and changes in the meantime. I feel like that wasn't communicated to the players. No, I just want to hear Of course. Your... And, and, and again, you don't just go to a player and be like, hey, you're not going to play. Like you have to give constructive criticism. You're not playing because A, B, and C. And I think that's what the biggest frustration it seems through the articles that we've seen today is what these players had, whether it was Jorginho or Kovacic or whoever it was that I was complaining about it. It, you're right. You need to know, hey, what do I need to work on? This is my job. And if my boss isn't telling me how I can do my job better, then how am I supposed to get keep back to where I want to be? Yeah. And, and exactly. And keep your job. So I I understand that, that people are calling for these people's heads like, oh, my God, how dare they? Da, 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 da. But honestly, I think that's a fair um, complaint your boss is supposed to be your guide as to how you can do something better. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that you, you talk about like, Oh, why would they listen? That's why they listen. You, these players mm -hmm. are, are looking for it. That's why they're complaining. It's like, okay, so you're telling me that no matter what I do, let's say I'm Alonzo or Emerson, nothing I can do will put me in front of Chilwell. Like that, that doesn't seem fair or Kovacic, nothing I do will put me in front of Kai or Mount. Again, that doesn't seem constructive at all and it's just shocking because you already knew going into this season once the transfer window ended that you were going to have a lot of players mm -hmm. and, and part of your job is managing the locker room because that if you don't that leaks into practice then you don't get enough effort out of practice and then that means you don't get enough effort out of the game and again mm -hmm. you mentioned it if he's not even having these conversations with these guys at practice how the hell this just makes everything make way more sense. The moment our starting 11 got hurt, part A, B, and C, that's why the 17-game winning streak ended because those 11 players were the only ones Frank spoke to. Well, well, we had a midfield three of Kovacic, Conte, and Mount that was unchanged. You know, we had a front three of, of, of Tammy, Werner, and Ziyech, which was unchanged. And the back I, five was unchanged as well. And the back five, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Once we so brought again, in, I mean, there was there was stability. Zietz goes down. Polisic mm -hmm. uh, goes down. Conte uh, or Kovic, it's one of them went down. It's just Zietz gets out of form. Then the changes all start coming. And how the hell are those guys supposed to do anything? That's my thing. It's it's we talk about how in Liverpool and in Man City and hell even Manchester United at times 
these players come in and they know exactly what to do. And it's like, wow, Mason Greenwood had quite a game or, or uh, to use Liverpool, Shakiri in a midfield three. When about, in the world were we even going to hear that? Or how about like two weeks ago, Eric Bailly comes back from the dead and all of a sudden he looks like Man United's best center back again. It's, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's those kind of things. I mean, I'm looking at his staff also as well. Like I just kind of want to put it out there. When we say Frank, we're also referring to the staff as well. Cause, cause they're yeah. obviously in his ear, but, but I do think those, those coaches and those managers do have something uh, that they can lean on. They, they, they have other footballing, uh, more experienced footballing minds that they could lean on, I guess, in that sense. Like, you cannot tell me Solskjaer isn't getting whispers in his ear from Sir Alex. Hey, here's a little tip for you, managing tip. But you're, you're, you're not going to soak that in. And, and and I guess that's kind of the thing is it just – I mean, Frank did bring his whole – pretty much his whole Derby staff here. Um, I know there was a lot of talk about the whole Shea Given thing, about how that could have possibly upset Frank. And, you know, that was another coach he wanted to bring in, and, and it didn't wind up working out. But – you know, the the fact that you throw the extra monkey wrench of COVID into the equation um, didn't make things easier for the board or for Frank. I think that goes without saying, because in any other year, we're able to get rid of some of that dead weight like the Jorginhos, mm -hmm. um, like the Rudigers. You know, if Tamori really was going to be leaving, he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have left in January. We probably could have got rid of him a little earlier. You know, a lot of that dead weight would have been gone, and that probably would but have alleviated. Was, but, but before before we can get away from Tamori, he was going to be sold. It wasn't even going to be a loan. The article reports that Lampard was going to sell him. It was going to yeah. be an asset for cash. Yeah, yeah, and they were going to turn it around for like a for uh, <laughs> for Tarkowski and freaking yeah, Tarkowski. Declan Rice. Yeah, apparently yeah. Tarkowski was going to be our next center back instead of a young prospect out of our academy. Yeah, but but this is this is what it comes down it's to at the end of the day. This is what this is what it comes down to at the end of the day. The board, Frank and the players were never on the same page. Frank this mm -hmm. whole time coming into coming into this season kept kept on repeating that this is we're not going to win the league this year. We're not going to compete in Champions League like this is a year for us to learn and to grow and to build. And he went into that, into this year, trying to try things out. And I think he knew that there was a chance that he couldn't finish, he wouldn't finish top four, but it would be okay for one year. I mean, obviously the hope, the hope is to get there, but you know, it was a three year thing. And um, with, with the board, they had just spent all this money on two young uh, world talents and Frank was not getting the best out of them at all. So uh, it made them look like, and, and, and this out of all the players that they brought in, the only player that Frank wanted was Ben Chilwell. The rest were handpicked by the board. I'm sure. Um, and th they were on different pages after, the, after all of these transfers, mm -hmm. they saw them going somewhere directly this year. And Frank thought it was going to be a long term thing. And clearly they, the fact that Frank is a Chelsea legend had a lot to do with it. Um, you know, going through the article, like he was, he, he, he got a bad deal. He was getting paid significantly less than other managers were. And I think, a lot of it had to do with the fact that he gave the discount because it's Chelsea. Um, you know, if this was any other situation over the summer, he would have he would have walked. That's what the article said too. 
but because it's Chelsea and he has a connection to it, he wanted to try to ride it out and make things work. Um, so, you know, it, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's all Frank's fault and, you know, he wasn't but able I thought, to get... I thought the article... Did I misread that? I swore the article said that the board was considering walking away from Lampard, not the other way around. No, I thought the board I read, said I read that, that Lampard was, was, was willing to walk away at the end of last summer. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because because of okay, what I said, I like, they're going the to... I'm considering gonna, that since Lampard... Yeah, I, I guess I misunderstood. I, I thought that it said that the board thought, oh, we are going to do a different job or we're going to look at a different coach, but Lampard got us top four in a final spot. Therefore, moving him at this point made no sense. That's I how I read it. the article. Uh, shoot. Where did I? Oh, here it is. It says Lampard would have walked out had he been working for any other club than Chelsea. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Just because. But didn't the club at the same time say that they couldn't? They were. It's like both people were stuck. Right. Lampard with nostalgia, and the club was also like, "Well, shit. We we were we're stuck here. We can't make a move without pissing off the fan base." It def it definitely went both ways. I mean that that that's. And this is something that we all anticipated at the hiring because it, the, his status as a legend at the club. I, I I swear to God, we talked about this like the day he got that the, the day we signed him. If things went wrong, it would be uncomfortable to try to get rid of him because of his legend, his status at the club. And right. uh, it was it, it went both ways. You're you're absolutely right. The club was probably wanting to move on to something like like i don't even know what 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 is the solution at this point they they want to bring in tuchel i mean they're going to bring him in i'm not i don't know enough about him to be completely honest to make an opinion but it seems like their their uh their checklist of who to bring in is someone who speaks german first and foremost as if speaking the native tongue of a player is what really gets the best out of him um but I mean, again, we we did talk about this previously, just his connection with a lot of different players. Um, but I don't know. It 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 maybe maybe the board has a little bit of like more blame than I previously thought for uh setting up this situation. They 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 should be blamed. Um to an extent, of course. Um Frank shouldn't have been hired when he got hired. It's that simple. It was too early. It wasn't the right time, and I don't think anyone yeah, could exactly. argue that. That's what I meant um, to say. Thank you. Yeah, no. It, I mean, I mean, it, that's just a matter of fact, and um, I think we're all in agreement there that it, it. And you know, when it did happen, yes, we were all excited, and yes, we were, you know, celebrating because one of our club legends is coming back, and and, and we all kind of fell into the thirst trap of like this. This needs to work. <laughs> this is just too. This is, this is, this is too good of a situation for it not to work, you know, and, and we didn't really want to think of the sad reality, which is when it goes sour, because it's going to go sour, every, everything goes, goes sour eventually at Chelsea. Um, when it goes sour, what's going to happen. And now that we're finally here, I think it's all kind of hitting us. But Zach, and, you Zach know, when, sitting... when he took the job, it wasn't a good situation. We had just lost Eden Hazard. We had the two, the two uh, the windows transfer ban. Transfer ban. So going into a, it, like Frank had a really he tough also task. Knew. 
Yeah, like like of course, you know, it was it was not just like yeah. like hiring Frank who's not very experienced. It's hiring Frank who's not very experienced to handle this very rough time. Are and you, he did a good job last you, season. I know he did. Uh, so, are, so I don't know. Yeah. What I'm saying is if you're Frank Lampard and Chelsea calls you and offers you the job, I don't even ask what the fucking terms are. I say, okay, just like Frank did, taking $4 million less a season than the last manager. Mm-hmm. Th- that's that's my point. Frank is never going to turn this job down. And, and and you know the article no. kind of alluded to he had other lu- lucrative offers, which I'm sure he did. His season at Derby was, was decent. It wasn't great. It was sixth place by like one point above seventh, I think. They barely qualified for the for the playoffs, but still, I, he had a rap sheet of developing young players. So in a way, you see where the club was going. Okay, we got all these young academy products. We just lost Eden Hazard. There's going to be a ton of playing time for these kids. We saw what Frank Lampard did with Mason Mount and Fikayo Tamori, and even like even the other young guys on that Derby team, like even Harry Wilson, for example, who had a who had like a sort of a breakout season. He got a Premier League loan the next year because of it. Um, eight, eight different but, academy players made their debut under Frank. Yeah, like that, he, which is huge. That, no other no other Chelsea manager has ever done anything like that. And, dude, I I really wish that we had we were able to foresee this earlier on because uh, it would have made it a lot easier to uh, to but, stomach. But, but if, if it weren't for the success last year. I wouldn't have had so much hope coming into this year, and it really was it naive yeah. though. Was it naive of the board to hire Frank with yes. the, with the transfer ban and all the youth no, two it, seasons it ago a... coming into the job? It's naive to say, okay, it's this not, guy's it... perfect for now, but, That's exactly but who what gives a fuck what's though. gonna? Yeah, but yeah, but but they didn't think, well, what's gonna happen a year from now when well, when we're Zach... ready to spend two hundred fifty million plus? Now well, all of a thing. sudden, this this inexperienced manager that only had one season in the championship is going to be expected to win the Premier League. No, but, but no, 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 time out. But you're yeah. you're making it seem as if like Chelsea was going to be the most fun job ever for any manager. We had we were not in the position we are today where we can call whichever manager and say, look at the squad we have now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're no, going... we exactly. So it's not naive of the board. The board was literally back against the wall. We just came off of a coach who completely was hated by the fan base. Add on top of that now the transfer ban minus Eden Hazard. Nobody wants to be the Chelsea manager. Nobody is secure enough to be a Chelsea manager for the transfer ban. So I think it's not that it's naive. I think they thought, okay, Lampard, here's your tasks. Like, yes, he had the project and whatnot, but Get the academy players minutes because that's all we can do. Oh, and, and here's some money. And of course, they took advantage of the nostalgia. In a, in a business sense, they did everything right because Lampard overachieved in that first season, and now we have one of the strongest teams on paper in the Premier League. Now Lampard turns out didn't have the the quality, and because of his high high accomplishments, they were still with their backs against the wall as to keeping him. I think they did the correct thing by getting Lampard in, in 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 the way the board had to think in the moment. I just think long term it was always destined for failure because Lampard didn't have the merit and the pedigree as a coach on his own to earn that spot. But I don't exactly. think the another, club did anything wrong. Another thing to consider is maybe at the time they did think it would be a slower process, but 
how are they supposed to account uh, for what would happen with COVID? And you have to you you have to admit that without this crisis, I don't think there's any chance that we had we would have signed the, uh, Kai Havertz and Timo Werner because the other buyers were not in a position to buy and the sellers yeah. were in a position to make money yeah, now. Of so we yeah. like th that was a blessing for the club in the sense that they were able to buy these talents a lot sooner than they previously thought that they could, but it just sped up the progress that, that the club needed to make. And Frank wasn't at that level yet. So I don't think it was naive back then. Cause I think because of COVID and because of, you know, our ability to, to spend and, you know, with, withstand the, the economic crisis that happened because our, our owner is filthy rich. Um, it, it, they no no one could have foreseen that and you know speeding I'm up this process. I'm saying it's naive. It it's naive because you guys said it. You know the club, the players, and the manager are all on different pages, and that's that's what I'm saying is naive about this whole thing. You bring in Frank and you say, hey, we have a transfer ban. We have all these young players. Take this season, do your thing, develop them, try and get as many of them as much playing time as you can. And Frank did a really good job last year. I mean, overwhelmingly, like like he did much better than any of he us expected. Yeah, he, he definitely did. And in a way, he's a victim of his own success for sure. Um, yeah. But but I I think well, it's naive of the club. To, it look, you need to capitalize on the opportunity to buy Kai Havertz and Timo Werner. I'm not arguing that. Okay. Okay. We had the transfer ban. We needed those players. But you're gonna you're gonna go out and buy those players. And try to squeeze them or shoehorn them into a team with a manager that you know can't do that. That, that you know can't do that. Be, how and are you we know to that know because. That? Yeah, how he yeah, didn't I mean, even he did it with he, far less. He only wanted Ziyech and Chilwell out of that whole list of players we bought. They didn't I mean, buy anybody he wanted. If they if they really the trusted point. him, they get him Declan Rice and they get him Tarkowski. <laughs> if they know he's that kind of man, no, no, no. It sounds stupid because it's James Tarkowski. I know, but those are the guys that Lampard wanted supposedly. That's not what so, me and if, Andreas are saying though, Zach. We're 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 saying yeah. Like like when we when we brought those players in, even us, we thought that Frank would be able to to get the best yeah. out of them. Yeah. Like at the time, it has nothing to do with whether he wanted them or not. It's right. it's just that he he could have done something with them and he he ended up not being able to get the best out of them and I every I, I, manager no one... out there want if every club out there wanted these guys it's for a reason and if Lampard can't like any like any coach that's a decent coach out there is like mouth watering at the chance to coach these guys so I I don't think that's <laughs> So if you, it's like, okay, so Zach, you ask me for an Xbox 360 in 2020, and I show up with an Xbox Series X, you're going to tell me you, you're going to be unhappy about that? No, that's not the same thing. Yeah, how is it not? <laughs> it is. It is, How is Zach, it not? It Markowski is. <laughs> is a Premier League veteran. We got Tiago Silva. I'm not comparing them. Listen, no, I'm not comparing them as players, guys. My point is Frank went to them and told them, these are the guys I want, and they said, okay, and they gave them com a completely different group of Let guys. And for, and, for the board, and for the board to think that that's going to work and for them to be all surprised and, oh, this is such a difficult decision for us, fuck that. I'm not buying any of it. They know exactly what kind of <laughs> risk they were running when they bought the players that Lampard didn't want to get. I'm not saying that they should have bought James Tarkowski. That sounds fucking stupid coming out of my mouth. It, that, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying at all. But 
if you have a manager that you really know and love and trust, you go and you and you get the players that he wants. That's what you do, especially if it's a long-term vision kind of thing. But then you're telling me that you would have been okay with Conte getting Andy Carroll and Kandreva yes. when he was our manager. I loved Andy Carroll. Everybody Conte wanted, he made it work, didn't he? What? He wanted Romelu Lukaku. What is he doing with Lukaku over at Inter right now? Like, this is the thing. A manager like – that's a perfect example. A manager like Antonio Conte, who's a specialist, is going to come in. You know what system they're going to play. You know exactly what kind of players he's going to need. When he goes into the market and he asks for a player, he knows exactly how to use them. The only player I could think of in recent memory that, that Antonio Conte wanted and couldn't figure out was Christian Eriksen. For some reason, I have no idea why that didn't work out. I, I I honestly thought it would. But even at Chelsea, he wanted Marcus Alonso came in. None of us had any idea who the fuck this guy was. And Conte made him look like the best. We were talking about him being the best left back in a Premier League at one point. <laughs> For like you know, a week. But, but, like, but this again, is, th but, this is but, my thing. If you have a manager of that kind of quality, all of a sudden the transfers should get a little bit easier for you because you you trust that guy and you know it's going to work. Like Pep Guardiola, what he does with his transfer business. He he brought in Ruben Diaz and, and all of a sudden John Stones gets raised from the dead and they have the best center back pairing in the Premier League. You know, it, it, but but it's the guy that Pep wanted, and 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 that's my point. Yeah, but but here's the difference: Pep has shown that he knows how to handpick players. Yeah, yeah, of course. So again, this goes that back goes to pedigree. Saying, yeah, this goes back to pedigree. Lampard doesn't yeah. have it. Lampard came from one season of no-name kids who were going to do whatever the hell he said at Derby, got him sixth from sixth to sixth because he did do that. Then he comes and completely outperforms with Chelsea the first season, knowing he can't buy anything. Yes, Chelsea couldn't get Ziyech in January when he wanted, and no, they couldn't pull Werner out of Leipzig in January like he wanted. No, no, they want. He wanted Aubameyang. He didn't want Werner. Aubameyang I thought he wanted both his... Werner and Aubameyang. Aubameyang was his preferred choice in January because he wanted to leave Arsenal okay, with that whole contract. Let's be real. Arsenal yeah. going to sell to Chelsea Aubameyang? That's never no, going to happen. No, it, it's so, a stupid so request. Throw that away. ZS should have been easier to achieve, but then again, Ajax always does pre-deals. They don't sell players mid-season. So again, what he wanted was almost impossible in January, and that comes back to the fact that he has no idea at this point in his career how to do that. He's not there yet. It's not... we. People always want to say this isn't FIFA. Oh, sorry, Frank, this isn't FIFA. And and Tar and again, like, I I get it that you're saying like, oh, these are the players the manager wanted, but my goodness, like, Tarkowski, really? Like, we're gonna complain about the we're really gonna complain about Thiago Silva on a free right now? <laughs> well, no, you know what's funny? Later on in that article, it says like when when Frank found out that they actually got Thiago Silva, he came around to the idea. It's like no <laughs> like, shit, yeah. really? It, it's yeah. kind of like me where, where where I was like I was a I'll be the first person to admit I was like ooh Tiago Silva, like it it would it would be awesome for you know the one or two seasons, but I didn't want that long term. That wasn't my first choice. But when we got him, what was my mood? I was like, holy fuck, we got Thiago Silva, yeah. and I think Frank had 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 a similar reaction. But I think, I I I think Frank's targets, uh, the only ones that were mentioned in Tarkowski and Declan Rice, kind of spoke to like his vision in terms of how mm -hmm. long and how much time he thinks he needs because those are two young players that you're going to bring in. I mean, Tarkowski's not as young, but Tarkowski's a guy you bring in and he's your center back for the next four or five years at his age. Um, a, and, why why, wait, why are we but, why are we talking all this trash about James Tarkowski like a few days after keeping um, a clean sheet against Liverpool? Come on, no, no, let's I, give him some I'm credit, not, man. He, he's not a shit player <laughs> by any stretch. 
I'm just saying, it just seems like it was it was just a random name there. You know, the Declan Rice one, I was like, okay, I I, I got that. You know, the the Chelsea connection, twenty years old, captain of West Ham, whatever. Then Char- mm-hmm. Tarkowski was like, ah, oh, that's a random one. I haven't even seen it linked with us, but. But yeah. I, I think those names being linked with us, or, or the the fact that Frank wanted those guys, kind of showed that you know well, he wasn't well, necessarily looking, so... he wasn't necessarily looking to bolster the attack as much as he was looking to bolster the defense. I know he asked for Ziyech, I know he asked for another striker, but it looked like the defense was the first thing that he wanted to sort out before anything else, especially with the whole Kepa thing. He was pushing for a keeper from day one. So okay, so I'll ask you this. All right, he didn't get the. Um, the players he wanted, but how about this? The board asked Eddie Newton to be part of the coaching staff, and it was Lampard's move to ostracize him outright. And then Eddie yeah. Newton said, "All right, fuck this. I'll go back to just doing scouting stuff." Uh, like, where, that, where's the defense there? There is no defense there. Okay. I didn't get that. There, there is no defense. Ed, Eddie Newton. I mean, you can't find a speck of dust on the guy. He has a really good rap sheet. Why would you not want him around? I mean, the only argument, and I'm going to play devil's advocate, the only argument is the Shea Given argument. Frank wanted Shea Given to take up that spot, and the club was like, no, Eddie Newton's going to be that guy for you. And and Lampard should know that, though, that the the board always has one guy in the staff, always. At one point it was Steve Holland, then Cuccini, then Zola. Then There's always been one guy that the board needs that's their guy. I think the overarching theme of our whole conversation here, guys, is how ironic it is that we're surprised that Frank was kind of blind to the politics at Chelsea, or yeah. at least as yeah. a team. He just seems so blind to the politics. After being and there, like he so thought long. he was going to get special treatment to be yeah. like the messiah that changes everything because <laughs> I wanted that is, so bad. Because he is number one guy when you think Chelsea, like. John Terry's captain leader legend, but I mean, I I think you ask anyone and they'll say Lampard before Terry. If you just ask Chelsea player, go. Maybe even Drogba. But the point is, like, I think he came in. He, I think he's the naive one, <laughs> not the board. Because at the end of the day, business wise, the board, Lampard's two season and a half at the end of the day is a success. We navigated the transfer van, promoted a bunch of academy players, signed a bunch of top level uh, potential. Uh, players in, in the in the hall of players we brought this past summer and now we are and we are now the golden the holy grail for any coach looking for work or looking to get into a better team like, yeah you don't even have to ask for transfers no exactly because all the players because that's the other thing every coach before the lampard signing it was always like oh i need this style of player i need this style of player you literally have players that can hybrid into any style right now we can run three at the back. We can run four at the back. We can run a double pivot. We can run three in the midfield. We can run two strikers. We can run one striker. Whoever comes next has it made. And I think at the end of the day, if we put our nostalgia aside for who Lampard is, Chelsea looks like a very desirable destination. And Lampard's time here was part of it. I think that Lampard's naivety comes in the fact that he thought good players can coach themselves. He thought that the board would treat him differently because he is a Chelsea man. And and those things – oh, and the management of players because during his time he was surrounded by captains and, and men and, and tough heads that that should be enough of an example for his current locker room to deal with tough times and not playing time. 
So those three things put together show me his naivety more so than the board. Because again, the board's looking pretty right now. We look like a desirable destination. We're still in Champions League. COVID season craziness, we might still make top four. So that's the point know. I'm trying I, to make. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying from like a business point of view, but I don't think the board is sitting too comfortably right now. I I, I don't think you could confidently say that the, the fan the fan base is com is split right down the middle. I mean, at least for, from what I'm seeing, it, it seems like half of us are ostracizing the other half because we think the other half are all Frank out, and then the other half think we're all Frank in. And it, 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 there just seems to be this huge divide that. Well, I'm not. That I'm not trying to defend the board. Like, I'm not saying the board are geniuses. I'm just saying that in their job description and what they need to do in like yeah. a save my own ass kind of world, they are quote unquote the winners here. Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of what I'm that. saying. I'm not saying that I'm on the board side. No. Uh, no. Again, I, they hired an inexperienced manager who happens to be a Chelsea legend. Well, that's, the, well that, they're gonna have to live with that. Well, they also have the added benefit of knowing that this is probably as bad as it's going to get. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> or this is as bad as, as, bad as, say, it, as bad as it should get, I guess I should say. Sorry, Tom. I want to say something about the board, too. I just thought it was it, the, the most interesting part of this whole article um, was the whole bit about Declan Rice and how um, the club was annoyed with his insistence of signing him because, you know, they had released him as an academy uh, in the, from the academy as a teenager, and you know he's the the, the source uh, told him told the athletic the hierarchy are very wary about the potential embarrassment of buying back an academy reject at huge expense. So they're, they 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 care about the optics, and that's you know like that's you see the same thing when they spent seventy mil on uh, on Kepa. And they're mad at Frank for not playing him. And instead of, you know, putting his arm around his shoulder and being supportive, uh, and, you know, they, they want to save themselves from the embarrassment of, of buying this $70 million player that ends up being another bust. Like, I think, it's I think they care a lot though, about their it? reputation. No, wait, how is it different? They, well, it, it's an, it, it would be an embarrassing Thibaut, buy. But Tebow strong-armed us into having no keeper at all with like days in the transfer in the transfer window Declan Rice Chelsea decided not to extend Declan Rice kid walks away for free and then you're looking to pay 80 million for him or 70 yeah, million I mean, whatever it's not an it's not an it's not a direct parallel between the two situations but the, the, right. the matter of the fact is they don't want to overpay for a player that they cut because it's in it's in it's embarrassing. Potential oh, embarrassment. I don't buy that bullshit. I don't buy that bullshit. Ever heard of David Luiz? Come on. Oh, we sold him. We sold, we sold him David Luiz. He scores on us and then flexes on our field after he knocks us out of the Champions League. And then we buy him back. Yeah. yeah. Was What's the price tag? Yeah, dude. We but made then, net profit on that. Yeah, like the Declan Rice deal is going to be somewhere around, what, 60, 70 mil probably? I don't if buy that. Something Declan came Price to an deal agreement. Would be negative 60. David think... Luiz was a plus 20. Yeah. And it was it's... Multiple trophies along the way. I, I, I don't think, think you can compare that. I think I think if a player is good enough, I, it doesn't matter what they cost, or even if they play for the club or not, it doesn't matter. Okay, but too many people. I think I think too many people have both PTSD. Bro, I'm with you. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. That, okay, 
I believe it's that the club contest. It's a weird thing to get hung up on by the board. I agree. I believe yeah. I believe that because they do care about optics. Like they wanted to make the Keppa thing work so bad, even though it was clear. Like Frank playing Willy Caballero probably <laughs> was the reason why we finished top four and made it to FA Cup uh, final. Probably hundred percent. Co- yeah, coaching like, decision. Believe it or like, believe yeah, it or not, yeah, yeah. And the board was upset with him for doing that. You know, like that. They that, they, they, they cared more about Keppa succeeding. That's one thing I'm completely on Frank's side with is the whole Keppa situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to find someone who isn't. You, you, you got, you got, you, <laughs> no, but, but the thing that bothers me is that, like, you know, besides Peter Check, the board aren't football people. So, so for them to be like, hey, we spent 70 million on this keeper, let's, you know, you should play him. Well, like, it, what if he sucks? Have you ever thought about that? What if he's not a very good goalkeeper? <laughs> like, and I love how it, in the article they say Keppa was complaining that he wasn't getting enough tactical instructions oh from God. Frank. Ta- what, <laughs> what what instructions do you want? Your what, keepers your don't want the ball. feet on yeah. a free kick. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I mean, that's the, that's off. That's not on Frank. Also, to coach the it, it's what's his name? Willie. It's uh, not Willie Caballero. Uh. Who's either. our goalkeeper coach? No, uh, oh. Hilario. <laughs> oh, hilarious! Yeah. No, that. Listen, it, that 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 Kepa situation was just so messy. But that's so self-inflicted on the board. Completely self-inflicted. There's no defending them in any way, shape, or form on that one. <laughs> because it's like it's different if we if we spent seventy million on Kepa. And he was a really, really good goalkeeper, but he just had an attitude problem, or he just couldn't get his head right, or he couldn't stay healthy. Now we have a different conversation. But they have no argument. <laughs> they have no argument whatsoever to make me think that the board has no fault in in the Kepa situation. They have a hundred percent liability in that. No, absolutely nothing to do with Frank Lampard and absolutely nothing to do with Peter Cech. In fact, if anything, Peter Cech is the savior because he found a really good goalkeeper bargain at the very last minute before the window closed that potentially saved our season. Because if we still had Kepa as our number one goalkeeper, I don't care what manager is coming in, we're fucked. <laughs> well, we, we actually did get a question. Since we're on the topic of like whether it was frank's fault or the club's fault we got a we got a question from uh n n ward nate on uh he actually asked this in our discord he asked what percent is frank's fault what percent is the club's fault uh Ooh. i don't know i for me personally i think it's like 50 50 and to be honest like just during work like while recording this podcast like i'm like realizing a lot of different things and putting things together just like hearing what you guys are saying and realizations that i'm making like i really do think that like covid had a had so much of an effect on both the acceleration of the process and um just like frank you know the difficulty in, in frank trying to navigate that so i'm gonna go 50 50 I, I, I agree, Sam. I'm going to go 50-50 and for the same reason as you. I think the environment, uh, just amongst the fan base, 
but but also in and around the club would be a lot less toxic if there were fans in the stands because we wouldn't have thrown Frank under the bus as quickly as we did. As a, and when I say we, I mean, nah. you know, like Chelsea fan base as a whole. No, 100%. Sure. 100%. Could you imagine? Remember when Jose got sacked, the snakes in the grass? I mean, that was – who do we play that day? Was it Southampton? Southampton? I have no somewhere. idea. I forgot, but but like I remember that, that day when we played, it, it was so toxic, and the fans were were so angry. It, it, I feel like the, it, it would be like that, but just ten times worse because it's Frank Lampard. But I feel like because there's no fans in the stands, it only accelerated the process, like Sam said. I feel like we we would have had the opportunity to show our adoration and show how patient we're willing to be with him when the times got tough. Because the only times we were really with Frank was in the beginning when things were going good. And, you know, there really wasn't that much pressure besides playing the kids. Um, and, and, and that also goes for our new signings as well. You know, the the encouragement that the fans would have given Timo in the beginning or Kai, you know, their first appearance, their their first assist, their first goal, those all give a player a psychological boost. You have to think from that perspective as well. You know, it, it, it's hard to formulate a relationship with the fans in that respect, but I'm getting a little bit off topic. But yeah, I'm going to go 50-50. I think, you know, if the fans were there, it might have bought Frank a little bit more time. It might have boosted one or two of the performances. But ultimately, I don't really know if it would have changed the ultimate ending of you know the story. So, uh, I, I'm still giving Frank 60% because at the end of the day, it's about results. And I'm sorry, we haven't even talked about that. He has the players to win games. We've lost a lot of winnable games. We drew against the West Bronx side that had no business scoring three goals against us. We let Southampton back into a game that we had already put away and they tied three to three. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the games have been there. They've been there for the taking. And that is completely on us because a lot of these guys have not had fantastic games. Even the Arsenal game was three lucky ass goals. So, there Again, was zero effort put into that Arsenal match. And I'm still putting that on the manager. Yeah. Motivation. And that comes to player management, tactics, etc. The players look lost. The Leicester game was by far one of the worst matches I've ever seen. So I think you still have to, like, regardless of whether he didn't get the players he wanted or not, I still think he came out winning with the players he did get. And if you can't get a guy that scores 35 goals in the league in one season to even freaking score maybe just two in the past month and a half. That's wild to me. Kai Havertz, he had COVID. Maybe that one's a little harder. Our, our best attacker last season hasn't scored or assisted this year. Blizzard, or his one goal, sorry. Blizzard has one goal. Uh, the only guy that has been benefiting from his tactics is Giroud because he's a freaking ginormous human being. And if you cross it 50 times a game, he's going to score once. So again, mm-hmm. I'm still leaning on, on Frank was just not ready for this job. And I don't think, again, he accepted he accepted a contract. It's not like Chelsea threw money and and we signed a player and the player never wanted to come here. We just talked about Frank giving the club a discount and he wanted to be here. And so, again, I think it leans a little bit hard, harder there because I'm pretty sure, I, th- I believe John Terry in an interview at one point said he wanted to earn his stripes before going to a club like Chelsea. And Lampard decided not to go that route. So I'm still leaning more Lampard than the board. 
because again, now we're looking at someone like Nagelsmann in the future, maybe that would want to come here. Perhaps uh, maybe I have my tinfoil hat here, but I'd say we're an upgrade on paper to Red Bull Leipzig and we're an upgrade long-term because we have more financial power than they do. So at the end of the day, bigger coaches are going to be looking at this job thanks to a year and a half under Lampard. So I'm still going to give 60% of the blame to him. So let, let's let's look ahead now. Like I think we've vented enough about Frank if you guys are and we, we can we can save some more for the future, but I want to talk about uh, Thomas Tuchel. And um, so we play on Wednesday in two days um, against Wolves. So I I just looked it up how I was talking about uh, the quarantine thing, but apparently he can be at the ground for Wednesday. This is from uh, Rob Harris from AP Sports. Uh, he says. Uh, he can be at the ground for Wednesday's match versus Wolves using a slight allowance for those flying into England to link up with an elite sports environment if he tests negative and isolates while away from training and games. Tuchel has to test negative before flying into England like every other passenger. Then he takes a Chelsea coronavirus test in England. If that's negative, he can be at training slash games but has to quarantine when he's not at the club until the standard five-day test-to-release period ends. There is hope from Chelsea that Tuchel is at Stamford Bridge for the Wolves game on Wednesday. So the Tuchel era might begin as soon as Wednesday, which is like a little exciting for me. I don't know. I mean, I I want to believe that what the board some, is saying some. is true, that it, all, all he needs, all Timo Werner and Kai Havertz needs is a manager who speaks their native tongue. And that's how it'll be the secret to unlocking their hidden talents. But uh, it's, it's going to be. I just a, feel like I feel like it's too soon to be excited. I'm I'm still, it's, like, mo- it's my I'm most anticipated gre- match of the season, Zach. I want to see still, what it's going to look like. So I'm, I'm 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 telling you, man. I'm 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 in my sweatpants. I look like a homeless person right now. I'm 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 still in one of the five stages of grieving. I don't know which stage yet, but <laughs> I just think it's too early to just be like. I don't know. It doesn't feel right. So what, are you going to boycott even... the match? You're not going to watch it or what? No, 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 no. I'm 100% going to watch the match. <laughs> no, look, 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 look. I'm only messing with you. I, I, to, to a certain extent, I'm, I, I'm I'm interested to see what kind of vision Tuchel has for the team. Um, there's a lot of questions that do come in mind, uh, of course, right? I think Like how good is his English, right? That's one of them? First of all, yeah, because yeah, because I really have no idea. To explain those tactics for, for those of the, for those of you that don't know, Tuchel's like Tuchel's not married or wedded to a specific system. He 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 gives you a bunch of different looks. He plays three at the back, four at the back, two up top, um, three up top. He kind of gives you a little bit of everything. So you know, it, it, I I think that's the part I'm most excited for is the fact that we don't really know what we're gonna get. But at the same time, Psalm, it's also terrifying um, because I'm thinking of guys like Tammy Abraham, who just scored a hat trick. Um, is he going to be impacted by Tuchel coming in? Like, what if Tuchel comes in and only wants to play one up top? I think Tammy is going to be the guy that suffers because of it. Um, you know, guys like uh, Billy Gilmore, who should be getting more first team minutes, but, you know, are just getting to cut matches here and there. Are those guys ever going to get a chance in the league? 
with Tuchel? Or is Tuchel going to lean on Kovacic's and the Jorginho's, um, the more experienced players? Like, those are the things I'm looking uh, looking mostly at. It, is it the worst thing if doing that gets us to the top four? No, no, it's not. And, and Tuchel's going to do what he has to do to get us to the top four. If, he's, if he wants to rely on the trusty uh, veteran players, then that's exactly what he's going to do. And he's going to do it unapologetically. And I think that's, that's the thing here. Um, this is a manager that's been around, you know, two top class dressing rooms now in Dortmund and Paris. Um, but but he's also been around big name players and big name personalities. So he's no stranger to making difficult decisions and having difficult conversations. So and and I think that's something a little different to what we we're talking about with Lampard. I mean, that's one of our criticisms, right? Is that Lampard doesn't have these conversations enough. Like the players really don't know where they stand. And I feel like with Thomas Tuchel, um, his experience is going to give the players a little bit more peace of mind, at least some of the fringe players. But in the beginning, I think there's definitely going to be uh, – he's going to ruffle some feathers for sure. That was definitely the most surprising thing about Frank. I'm going to go back to this, sorry. But he, he, he it's not like he's out of touch with current players. He's been retired for only five years. Like, you know, the fact that – he, it just it, that's the only thing that surprises me the fact that he was not communicating with certain players like i don't know what again you... these quotes come from the from the players that he didn't want to spend time with because they were probably gone or in a normal environment they would have been gone uh but due to covid they were around so never mind i retract that statement frank was probably great at communicating with the players <laughs> I'm a Frank apologist my, now. All of a sudden, like my, I literally I just, know, I just snapped into it. My question Again, to you I guys: care, I don't care I, if he's talking to the players or not outside the field, but at least tactically, I don't think he's yeah, commu- good at communicating. Bad. Was it? Yeah, whether, that was the least surprising I, he's part. He's definitely that, that. I think right. that's what I was saying in the beginning of the podcast. Like he's talking to them. It's not like he's just ignoring them. I just don't think it's being communicated. Like it's, it's not sinking in. It's not seeping into their brain. It's not becoming instinctual. Like Dude, the quote from the, the, quote from under... the article is saying that like some players hadn't been talked to for months. Like that's, that's uh, literally what it said. So but th- I, I mean, sir, like, okay. The, the, like the players probably Marcus Alonso because of what happened, what he did on during the West West Brom match. And, that, you know, well, like that's that, just unprofessional. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 they try to say it's unprofessional from, from from Frank for not making sure that the situation gets remedied and that it's just a non-issue. But the fact mm-hmm. that he Marcus Alonso just kind of did it and got away with it, I think that was the beginning of something because it, I think that was, mm-hmm. you know, all the other players who who, who were kind of unhappy with Frank are looking at it and are like, oh fuck, I could get, you know, like I I, I, could, I can get away with this. You know, or, uh, or, or, or it's kind of like it, – it's the mob mentality. You know, it, it's one person isn't going to do it. But if you get three or four guys that all agree, then all of a sudden they're going to make sure that you hear them. You know, it's, it's one of those things. But my question to you guys is as – I mean obviously we, we still love Frank and we're still – you know, with me personally – this hasn't tarnished any sort of like Chelsea legend uh, or legendary status that he has. This doesn't tarnish it whatsoever. No. 
Um, so with that being said, the fact that we're still going to be keeping track of his career and wishing him the best and whatnot, what, what's the next move for him? What do you think is the best move? Um, I'm going to go first and then I want to hear what you guys say or what you guys think. Um, I don't think Frank should, uh, consider club coaching as his next job. Um, I think he should go, uh, work with the England, um, the England youth like the U23 or the developmental teams. Yeah, um, he was good with the I think, I think that would be not only good for England, because Frank just has a knack of working with those kids, but it'll also kind of give Frank the excitement and the and the joy of coaching again, because he, he will do a good job at that. You know, he, he will get some sort of success out of it and fulfillment. So I think that's the best move for Frank. But what do you guys think? I love that idea. I really do. I think that's a great idea. I hadn't thought about it, but I think that would be the ideal situation for me as a fan, like of Frank Lampard, and for him. I wouldn't know? have to worry. I wouldn't have to worry about him. Like I, I exactly. really worry about him getting another Premier League job. No, that's too soon. I worry I think, about that. I think yeah. he needs to go the Steven Gerrard route and go to a team that's going to give him patience to to prove himself because i'm pretty sure gerard in his first season in rangers was not very good no he wasn't but uh, now he's completely undefeated like he has not lost a game and has taken over the scottish premier league ahead of celtic so if lampard can be given maybe not a complete rebuild but a team that just needs a spark you know maybe quote unquote an established championship side if that's even a thing i was gonna say like a like a like a, a championship side with money yeah, something along yeah. those lines. And and you bring in this Premier League legend and he can maybe talk about the, the beauty of the Premier League and that's how he gets his team to rally behind him. And then he gets to, you know, as he goes, people are going to be listening. The egos shouldn't be as big. And and that's how he, he needs to learn to develop his own play style. I think that's the biggest weakness for Lampard right now is that he has this vision of what he wants to do. And I think that he needs to, kind of meet dream with reality halfway and, and learn how to get to point A to point B. And maybe if you can't get it to point B, you have to alter your plan and go to point C. And, and that's where I think the growth comes in as a coach. So for me, a championship side, not one that's looking for promotion, just one that's looking to improve in the first season. Uh, so that's, that's what I'd like for Lampard because I think he is going to be a good club coach. I just think again, way too soon it was way too soon i i mentioned this two years ago uh that i thought that him coming to be a savior at this point of his career instead of earning it upon merit was going to be a mistake in the long run and and that season under the transfer van maybe maybe put my blue tinted shades for a while and think oh no he is ready but this season with a strong team with the transfers coming in and now an expectation to succeed, he couldn't quite cut it just yet. So for me is go to a place that's going to give you just as much as much. They're not ready to, to win now. Go to a place like that, whether it's in England, whether it's in Scotland, whether it's in a different league in a different country. But go that route. Mm. Guys, I have some bad news. <laughs> I just I was on Twitter and I looked up. Uh, I wanted to see when his uh first presser was going to be so i looked up tukul presser on twitter and the first tweet to pop up from darren lewis from the mirror 
March 17th, 2016. <laughs> oh, this is so bad. It says Tuchel, unprompted, ends presser with comments about how much he loves Spurs and used to pretend to be a Spurs player when he played as a kid. What? I don't know what the context of this tweet is, but he needs to delete this tweet right now. <laughs> this tweet needs to be deleted. Darren Lewis, I'm going to tweet you right now. You delete this tweet oh my gosh. before I'm anyone sees it. <laughs> I'm not going to think too much on that because I think it was Isco in 2012 when he was at Malaga. You know, he had had this breakout season and all the teams wanted him. And he was like, I will never, ever, ever wear the Madrid shirt. If there's another team <laughs> in, in Spain that I would cheer for, it'd be Barcelona. He named his dog Messi and plays <laughs> for Real. So, yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not... I'm not gonna think too much on that. Dude, Who was but it? This was unprompted. It wasn't Tammy. Wasn't Tammy an Arsenal fan? Apparently. Yeah, he was. Never. No, I don't. Yeah, Tammy. That. Tammy <laughs> was an Arsenal fan. Yeah. No. If you look it up, there's past line. tweets. Um. Yeah, I don't line. know. That was kind of off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's. I do want to say this about Tuchel though. Um, Andres, you, you talked about your foresight with like the the whole Lampard signing and how you kind of had an inkling if it was going to go bad, it was going to go really, really bad. Mm-hmm. With Tuchel, it, 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 it's it's really no different. The only difference is he doesn't have that legendary status at Chelsea, but yeah. but he has he had falling out with the Dortmund board, and he had a falling out with the Paris board. So if anybody doesn't know much about Thomas Tuchel... Uh, I'll give you... I'll, I have a review to that. Yeah, go for it. Jurgen Klopp did too. Mm-hmm. Jurgen Klopp had a big fallout with the Dorman board. They kicked him out. People were furious that because of one bad season he got kicked out. Ended mm-hmm. up at Liverpool. So, so, I, I don't, I don't know if. Let's be real. The Dorman board. They have this. Maybe they just don't have the ambition these coaches do because at the end of the day, Dorman has stayed at the exact same place they were back when Klopp was there through Tuchel to Marco Rose through Julian Favre. These guys are trying to get to the next level, and what does Dortmund do? Make a lot Sell of money. <laughs> they Bring make a money lot of money. And let's start over. They make money, but yeah, they're not just winning their, trophies. Their, so forgive yeah. me as a manager who's trying to escalate my career and my players' careers for wanting to win trophies, and when you're not showing that same ambition, I'm going to get pissed at you. The well, PSG what's, board... What's now, that excuse? Listen, when was the last time <laughs> any manager won the Champions League with PSG? The, the PSG has never won the Champions League. Okay. We'll start from there. When was the last time any manager took him to the final? Oh, not this argument, please. Oh, not this how argument. can I not say that his PSG team performed better than Messi's Barcelona against Bayern Munich? That's not that's not saying much about Messi's Barcelona. Yeah, Chelsea's Barcelona's our team played better. The best Bayern side <laughs> in probably history at, at the way they were playing. And... And you mean to tell me that I can't credit the manager for doing something about that? You can give him a little bit Bob, of credit. If Bob and Neymar that's, weren't that's defending, the, I'll tell you that much. But this is the but this is the thing with the with the Tuchel with the Tuchel fanboys is that's the only argument. Give me another example. Okay, I'll give you another example. Of him overcoming the odds. A three-five-two, a four-four-two, a four-three-three. No matter what happens to injuries in he, Paris, he's found another way to play. And I know that, though. aside from 
when it went bad this at the beginning of this season, which we just apologized for COVID and all this other stuff for Frank. And who knows, Tuchel maybe didn't want to sell Thiago and the board did because he was old and whatnot. So yeah, you take away the captain of your team, the defense goes to shit, and you're telling me that that was all Tuchel's fault? Like, I don't buy that either. So my point is, we can't discredit the man for, for something about arguing with a board, which PSG, come on, that the Sheik Mansour, is that his name? Well, Sheik Mansour, whatever his name is, is not a footballing brain, and he is far worse than Abramovich about acting managers and whatnot. And then the Dortmund case, I, I'll give you other well and like well thought of coaches that have the same issue so for that to be oh i don't want tuchel's gonna be a failure because of this and this i mean no that that's that that's not what i'm saying at all all i'm saying is that this can be an issue just like your foresight with frank is oh we might have pulled the trigger on this too early well all of our past managers had falling out with the board when our that is basically what happens before our managers get sacked, historically speaking. They have a falling out with the board, and then the sack comes. I, so, I just don't think that we're even going to have Tuchel at the next season. So that's I why I guess I'm not bothered I by have it. Faith. Because I fully, I fully believe that Nagelsmann is the end goal. And worst case scenario, Tuchel performs. Nagelsmann doesn't want to leave Leipzig. And we stick to Tuchel for 18 months. Like, I don't think Tuchel is the manager for 10 years. I don't think that's ever in the picture. I think that he's probably okay for a ter- caretaker position. And, and again, you mentioned he had a falling out with PSG. He has, we need Tuchel as much as he needs us. He needs to prove that he can win with maybe a team that is in a competitive league. There isn't going to be there isn't going to be a, a caretaker position for Tuchel. It's not cheap to to hire and fire coaches. Good thing that we're loaded with a lot of oligarch Russian money. Mhm. Roman's empire. Oh, 18 it's, months. It's, it's the not, only reason why it was 18 months is so that, that Tuchel and, and and to be fair to Tuchel, I think I think if that happened, that would be doing him really dirty. Really dirty because there are a lot of clubs to be fair to him there are he's well sought after in Europe like like he's he's one of the top he was the top available guy not just for us but for for all of the big clubs that are looking for managers that's the best available guy right so, but but we're the we're the most we're the best option in his eyes too he's like damn yeah. I can work with Timo I can work with Kai I can work with Mason Mount I can work with Thiago again I know that that's already a solid player like we are just as desirable as he is and that's why I think he takes the 18 months and shit, maybe he doesn't get to stay for 18 months, but he got to show that if he has some talent around the squad, he can perform maybe. And then he gets to go and coach a good team again. It's a six month, as far as I'm concerned, it, 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 it's a six month contract until he signs the extension in June. If he that's signs how the extension I see it. June, that's exactly yeah. how I see it. Because in the, at the end of the day, we tried calling Leipzig to try to get Nagelsmann now, and they said no because we would have to pay them at that point, and you can't, you know, he's under contract or whatever. Who says we can't call him again at the end of the summer? What if, you know, they crash out of the Champions League, and again, Leipzig, which much like Dortmund, is a cash machine and they need to sell players. That Maybe also, he's like, screw that. Yeah, but that also kind of scares me too. If I see something I like from Tuchel, I want to ride with it. I don't necessarily want to throw it out the window so we could go take a chance on another manager. That, to be fair, yes, we know Nagelsmann's rap sheet. We know, you know, how he's probably the next best thing. I, I can't think of another young manager that 
probably has the same, you know, uh, accomplishment as him. But what I'm saying is if we see something good from Tuchel, we stick with it, right? We have to. Yes. Uh, we're 100%. Chelsea, so I don't know, because technically we did fine under Benitez. That's, that's dangerous. <laughs> see, for me, see, for me, that's dangerous, and that could put us back even further. You know, you sack a manager midseason, you bring a new manager in, someone that's – I mean, to be fair to him, we don't really know how fluent he is in English. He could be completely fluent for all we know. But um, you bring a new manager in. Now you got to establish that chemistry. you got to, you know, put in a style of play, pick your players. That manager has their best 11. Six months from now, all of a sudden we get a new manager. I just feel like that's mm-hmm. kind of just – that's very dangerous. You know, I mean, it, again, if it, it works depends. great, if it works great, none of us are complaining. Uh, but again, if it doesn't work, months, we're having we're having this same exact conversation, you know, this time next year. And and again, eighteen months doesn't mean that at the end of eighteen months, Nagelsmann's still not there. Like again, I mm-hmm. I don't think eighteen months ties us up for Tatuko for the long term. I don't think it's also a bad thing if we sack him for a manager that would come in for the five year plan per se. That's that Chelsea's willing to give. But I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. Yeah, Zach, Zach, Bro, listen I, to this. I, Zach, Zach, hold on. Like, think about it this. Frank, last season, ended the season after the, after the restart so well. Like, it was, it, we had no, like, we had no doubts that he was going to stay on another year. You know, like, going into it, we didn't know whether it was going to be a long term thing. But the way it ended uh, last season, we knew for sure he'd be back. And now we're halfway through, or are we halfway through the season? And he's been sacked. Uh, so like that, that, that is, I'm playing devil's advocate right here, here from what you're saying. Like, yeah, you know, you're saying if he's, if he has a good rest of the season, there's no reason to sack him. Like if you, if, if Nagelsmann is your, is your guy, you don't want to like start the next season, have Tuchel not perform kind of like what Frank did this year and then sack him halfway through the season and not have the opportunity to bring Nagelsmann over until the following year, you know? So I think if, if, if they are able to lock him down and they know that's their guy, then there is a possibility that even if, yeah. if, if we finish top four, that he doesn't get to continue being and the at, manager. At the end of the Who day, knows? Roman Abramovich owns em- Chelsea. I'm, I'm playing Roman's empire. I'm playing devil's <laughs> advocate. But, but Roman owns the club. Until we have a brand new board, I'm sorry, but we're not magically gonna change the fact that we are we have a quick trigger. Like I'm sorry. Yeah, like, that's I, what I, I was I'm... gonna say about your five year plan, though, Andres. Like uh, well, that, that just again, doesn't happen here. Well, same thing with Tuchel. Then you're telling me that you want to give Tuchel all the time. Like I think Tuchel. I think every manager now knows that while Roman Abramovich is here, you you're you're always on the hot seat. And and I'm sorry to fans that you know, still think that there's going to be a coach here that stays 10 years in a row, but I've come to the, to the, not realization, but maybe just to the, just, I've been beaten down so many times with the fact that I thought someone was going to be given time after a bad run that I just know now it's just not going to happen under Roman Abramovich. You either win and stay competitive or you're gone. I don't care if you're Jurgen Klopp. I don't care if you're Pep Guardiola. I don't care if you're, I don't know. Frank Lampard. I mean, who would have thought? Like, it's nobody's safe 
in this job. So, so people will ask, oh, we need to give time to be able to do this. I'm sorry, until Chelsea just stop winning when, when this sort of carousel continues, we're, we're not going to get out of it. Simple as that. That the, the transfer ban, we still made top four. Sorry, we won the Europa League. Conte, FA Cup, and, and League Championship. I, if, at the end of the day, like managers know the risk, but managers also end up benefiting and improving their resume. So while these top managers continue to take the job, and while Chelsea still hires these guys that end up win, continuing to win, we're not going to get out of it. So so to think like, oh, Tuchel would never take this job or wouldn't take this job unless the 18 months are promised. Nah, come on. They know better than that. He it's just needs business. to perform today. All right. I think we can go all day talking about this, but we should wrap this up. I, I, I just want to finish by saying, like, it's obvious that this could end in a disaster, but I am <laughs> excited and I'm going to be positive about it. Like, honestly, like, I really think that there's potential for – you know, just the fact that we have some change. Uh, we don't have to worry about, oh, will Frank be here? Will Frank not be here? He's gone. Like we're gonna, we'll, we have to admit that now and accept that. Uh, and now that there's change, like it could either be good change or bad change. So I'm just gonna hope for the good, right? Well, so I'm yeah. showing some was... uh, tough love to our rep ultras. I like no, it. I just, it was I just very don't want to be doom is gloom, bro. I just want to be positive. Yeah, I yeah, know. I no, just want to be positive. Yeah, I, no, I, I'm gonna, I, I completely I, understand. Yeah, you have, to, you have to be at this point. Like we, we just lost a, a legend due to underperforming on the job. I mean, I think we need to try our best to be positive about who's next. Like otherwise, what's the fun in watching our favorite team? It's. I'm trying to look at all the positives, and and maybe, you know, I'll be proven wrong and, and things don't go well. But I, I don't want to think that way because yeah. then I'm gonna look for every. <laughs> little detail that went wrong and focus on that rather than focusing on the positives yeah if it's a disaster we'll deal with it then for now i'm gonna be i'm gonna be excited Sam, i remember when rafa got hired um me and you were talking about it and we were both really pissed off because we both obviously hate rafa but the general consensus of our conversation from what i remember was well he's chelsea's manager so if we win like fuck it so be it Mm -hmm. um this is exactly where i am with tuchel i don't hate the guy um i don't necessarily like him i'm not a fanboy of him um but i do respect what he did up to this point and he's chelsea's manager now so as long as he's chelsea's manager i hope he racks up as many possible fucking wins as he can and i hope he wins as many trophies as he can and, and that no more goes without saying no more nice comments about Tottenham either, please. Like that, I, I was I was floored seeing that. Like I I can't believe I, I wonder, just saw that randomly. I, I don't know if I'm I don't know what I'm more excited for to see like Timo and Kai blow up or to see Pulisic, Tuchel sitting on his it? ice chest Pulisic. on the sideline. Pulisic too, yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about Tuchel's like like sideline antics. You know the you know how he sits on the. Um, on the cooler that's like mm -hmm. one of his moves you know oh, I he, he busts wait. out he busts out the sweatsuits and the <laughs> puffers he's all about that too way better than <laughs> chewing on the cigarette butts i'll tell you that much uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, it's so charming <laughs> to be to, to be uh, 
to be kind of like honest, I thought Frank would be like more of a formal sideline manager. I thought he would show up in a suit and tie more because he's young. He's like a good looking guy. He's still in decent shape. Right. I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the stress of the job got to him and he was just like, fuck it. I need sweatpants. Like, <laughs> you know, he's just kind of stress eating, dude. He's been stress eating. They have a stress eating. waistband. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've, I've, I've Arsenal fans that always call him uh, Fat Frank to me, and it's like I don't understand can... that joke. I've seen the memes on Twitter too, but I don't get it. It's just his well, cheeks are no, a little chubby. That's it. It's but a joke before. No, it's a joke because when he came to Chelsea, um, you know, a lot of people because he was Harry Redknapp's nephew, they were like, oh, you know, he's the flop, and one of the things they threw at him was that he was fat and he was like kind of overweight because naturally he he has wide hips. So that was like a big thing, but then once they saw him actually play, they kind of shut up about it. Yeah, they changed but it it's to funny, Fat like, Frank with a P, the, PH, the, Fat Frank. It's cool. There, there was no fat. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the, there was no Fat Frank jokes when Chelsea were were winning games. There was no Fat Frank jokes last season. So I know, hate haters will hate some. That's just kind of how it, how it is. But I mean that that does wrap up this podcast. I mean. I think if we go any deeper into this, we're all just going to kind of be completely emotionally drained if we're not already. So um, for those of you listening, thank you. If you're not following us on Twitter, make sure you do at Romans Empire Pod. Same thing goes for our Instagram. Our handle is the same uh, at Romans Empire Pod. Email address as well. We've gotten some emails in from a few of our listeners. Um, so shout out to them. It's really great learning about you guys. So, you know, shoot us an email. Uh, feel free to tell us how you became a Chelsea fan or your thoughts on the last match or hell, even your thoughts on Thomas Tuchel and the new hiring and firing. So, um, yeah, that our email address is romansempirepod at gmail.com. And uh, until next week, keep the blue flag flying high.